Hello everyone, welcome back to another LinkedIn Live. Today we have a, a very special show for you. Uh, we're excited to be collaborating with our good friend Christopher Lind. We'll be hosting a new series that we're calling Learning Tech Talks. Now to kick things off, we need to make sure we start things with a bang. So today we're gonna to be joined by uh, David James, who's a Chief Learning Officer at Loop, who's also the host of the Learning and Development Podcast. Welcome everyone. How are you Christopher? <laughs> How are you David? Hey, good, good. Thank you very much, Chris. Fantastic. Well, thanks for joining us. I'm glad to have three fellow or two fellow podcasters on the show. So this is makes I like the dramatic easy. gesture. That's really helpful. <laughs> Just like that. That I was, is good. I, I was practicing that for like. Can 10 you throw glitter? Oh, next Just, time. Yeah. No, I, Ivan's going to add in a special effect where it like explodes on the screen. So when I do that next time, okay. it'll be fine. There you right. go. Well, um, uh, Christopher, give everyone a bit of an overview of what they can expect from the Learning Tech Talk yeah. series. Yeah. No, and then we'll I'm jump in. It, you know, and it's funny, it's funny to me to think what well, we just started talking about this. It wasn't even that long ago. And here we are going live with with learning tech talks. And in terms of you know, what we're trying to do, and really, this is a passion point for me is really to demystify the landscape of learning technology, because there's a lot of stuff out there, a lot of stuff changing. And I think in, for a lot of folks, it's very confusing. So I'm excited to have David who we've been friends for a while, uh, talking, we've, I think we've shared a lot of conversations about thought leadership and learning and development, but today we wanna take it out of the ethereal and actually get practical with, with the actual platform. So thanks for, thanks for joining David. And I guess to kind of kick it off, before we get into the platform, I'd love to just hear what, like what took you to loop and a little mm. bit about that. Uh, thanks, Christopher. Um, so, uh, what brought me to Loop? I think there was a problem that needed to be solved. I was 15 years in-house. Um, I suppose most notably, I spent eight years at Disney. I was director of learning, talent, and OD for um, Europe, Middle East, and Africa. Um, between 2006 and 2014, it was an incredibly tumultuous period for the Walt Disney Company. And I suppose it could be summed up in saying that the whole relationship between the brand and the consumer had shifted. Um, because of technology and the expectations that shifted um, uh, those expectations. But in learning and development, I was hamstrung. Uh, we had to do everything face-to-face -face because, um, and this, is, this isn't a, uh, an uncommon story, we had a clunky LMS that was difficult to use, filled full of generic e-learning that nobody um, found valuable. So, so what we tried, we just tried to drive traffic towards it to justify the investment whilst we did everything we needed to do one class at a time. And I'm afraid with, with thousands of people, you, you can't do that. So no. in essence, we're doing things the hard way. And you've got to admit that you're not making much of a difference at all uh, if you're just doing things one class at a time. So I joined Loop. It was Coincidental, I joined. I saw Loop the first time the week after I left Disney at a, an exhibition, and I, Ben, the uh, one of the founders, showed me it. And I said to him, my, my exact words were, "This is the first piece of learning technology that I would use." And it's a huge admittance because okay. I think I'd spent 15 years just thinking, "Well, one day it will come of age. One day it will come of age." And then thinking, "I hope this is soon because I can't continue to sell this and, and put my name to to these platforms and this content." Now, I I worked closely with the guys at Loop, helping to uh, advise on different applications that they could they could put 
the platform too until I got a call one day and Ben's words were to me were, do you fancy joining the dark side? And of course, that's the vendor <laughs> side. <laughs> and I suppose <laughs> that's the, you know, the, the, where, where the rest of this conversation can go from. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Well, so, so on that note, cause I think this is a, this is a common problem in learning and development is we've got this content, we've got these different platforms. So with loop, and, and this is probably one of the most important things for me when we start talking about outcomes, let's, let's mm. focus on the outcomes of this versus the bells and whistles and the capabilities, which I think is probably the most important part of learning technology and, and transformation is figuring out what are you mm. trying to solve? So let's look at it twofold. And I'd be interested on your insights on this. So for Loop, what business outcomes is it really trying to solve for? Something that's going to resonate with, you know, if we have our CHROs listening, other business leaders who may be curious, what is this Loop thing? You know, what kind of business outcomes is it trying to drive? But also twofold, from a learning and development standpoint, I feel like there's a lot of operational things or things that we struggle with that we go, this is really tough for us. We spend a lot of time spinning our wheels here. Mm -hmm. And and how does Loop solve those problems? Okay, so um, look, and to address the elephants in the room yeah. uh, on here, what um, I've known from experience and from platforms and content that I've seen that as optimistic as you wish to be, LMS is full <laughs> of content will not affect performance and capability. Does and Luke I think you're that saying this? Uh, sorry, yeah, like, I'm know you're saying that. I'm We're live right now, now Dave. Yeah, I'm gonna stop the live stream. <laughs> I, I, I think that the expectation of technology and learning and development is, first of all, it's not high enough. I think it's at a very base level. It's almost as if we, as a as a profession say, well, we know that the, we're only going to affect real change, whether that's in behavior or mindsets, if we can see the person in a room. So we then expect so little from technology. And we say, well, we just need an online provision. We just yeah. need to have somewhere where people can go in their own time. And it's almost justified and say, well, they'll go to Google or they could go to ours and ours is going to be richer and, you know, we, and, and more valuable because we vetted it and all, and all of that stuff. But what we say at Loop is, that that you've got to expect more uh, we expect more and it's and it's it's not just disrupted but it's enhanced all of our lives our ability to connect with people their ideas their expertise in service of what we are trying to do on an everyday basis um and Look, LMS is look, before before I, I, I slam this shut. Look, they've been really yeah. great at taking the pain away from compliance, the administration of compliance, the pain of compliance. We've just outsourced, we've just given that to the employee. Uh, but the administration, we've uh, we've taken that away. But we've always struggled with engagement, um, let alone the performance and capability side. So what we do is we look seek to understand, and this is where Loop is a technology platform that's underpinned by a by a, a robust approach that's that's grounded in product management, digital product management, because guess what? Anybody who is saddled with learning technology has got to see themselves as a product manager. And a product manager will make sure that they are solving the real problems of the people that they're seeking to influence. There's no shortcut here. Like there's, you can't put bells and whistles on, on a platform and make it visually appealing and expect people to go, do you know what? I thought this was rubbish before, but now you've added a leaderboard. It's fantastic. Like it's it really, it's you know, it's or if it's badge. not, like yeah, badge, right? if it's not solving the real problems that people are facing in their as their primary concerns in the context of their work, 
at the time that they feel those uh, that friction, then they won't engage. So, so we're all around. Um, so, so it's a user centered focus on helping people to do the things that they're trying to do at the time that they're facing unfamiliar situations and challenges for the very first time. And one of the other elephants in the room as well, if I, if I may say, no one is going to go to your learning platform if they've got five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> they're not. They're going to talk to a colleague or if they're going to stay online, they're going to go on to Google. You've lost. So what we, what we recognize as well is that if you want to influence people, you've got to get to where they are. So you've got, to, you've got to run campaigns that show them and share the value at the time that you anticipate that they need that, ideally integrated with the tools they use for work. So you're not creating additional facilities or academies or universities where people go to learn. You are giving them what they need when they need it in order to perform and do stuff that they couldn't do more efficiently without it. So that, that kind of is in a nutshell. But when you ask specifically, Christopher, what, what results, what performance, what results, this is whatever those people are charged with. This is whatever is important to the organization. And that's why we believe wholeheartedly in equipping L&D with digital capability to understand and read data. Go and make friends with the data guys, business information, HR systems to find out your critical points of failure in your organization experiment with the users to try to solve their problem and only use tech to scale and ultimately to automate. It's a, it's a different conversation from, hey, plug in this new WYSI um, uh, platform. And by the way, the, the content's animated so people will love it. Yeah. yeah. I don't Bass, get it. Bass on LinkedIn said uh, an, an NMS is like a toolbox. You don't throw uh, the whole toolbox at the problem you're solving. You pick the right tool for the job and the situation. Yeah. And I, and I do think, right, to some degree, LMSs have gotten a little bit of a bad rap, in my opinion. They've been, we as an industry have tried to use them for things they were never intended to do. Mm. And then when it doesn't work, right, it's, it's the LMS's fault. But I'm curious, so the, the concept you talk about, bringing information to people at the time they need it, right, this whole workflow learning concept is big, right? It's the buzzword. And, and part of my goal is to kind of cut through the fluff of, okay, right, but how does that work so you talked about you know it's it's reaching people where they are when they need it mm. how does loop do that does it integrate with other systems is it does it have intelligence behind it that's that's pushing content you know how does that work just very simply yeah sure so so we do this at, uh, at various levels so, but but it starts with the idea and it starts with the expectation i always say learning and development lacks vision and leadership a lot of the time so imagine so understand what you are looking to affect and then imagine how that how that would work then use the tools in order to to affect it but there there are different ways of doing so so first of all this is user centered you are looking to understand what people are trying to do and what's stopping them from doing this efficiently if you were doing this in software development or as a product manager you bring those people together to find out what it is that they're trying to do in learning and development you can do exactly the same so so if in uh, let's take uh, uh, something that we're all familiar with, say induction or, or new manager uh, development. Yeah, sure. you, bring, you bring a load of new starters in together and you try to find out what is it you're trying to do as you come into the organization. You're only going to get a few things. You, you're, you're trying to pass the probation. You're trying to get the right things done. You're trying not to look foolish and you're trying to prove that, that you are the right hire. Okay. What's getting in the way? What's stopping you from doing that? Then, if you could do that, I mean, that's just going to take post-it notes uh, and a white wall. But what you're trying to do is you're trying to um, visualize um, and as a group, as a, as a cohort of people with you as the L&D person, with 
the uh, the recent new starters so that you've got something on the wall you step back and say that that looks like a solution you're telling me that those things are the things that were getting in the way put them into some kind of chronology so that you are uh, so you can um uh, approximate when that when that would be required in order to address the needs of the individuals. Now, what we've got with Loop is a way of rapidly taking that stuff, popping it into the uh, the tool, getting local know-how, so getting lo um, subject matter experts to answer these questions, wrap those up, and it might be simple. I mean, there are, there are resources, so it might be a screen recording, it might be a blog or an article, it could be a video headshots, but you're trying to find the most efficient way of getting that individual from not knowing to doing in the shortest possible time. So you, we wrap that up for you in loop in a way that people would expect. Then what we've got is we've got a campaigns engine so you can um, glue those um, um, events together. So you're creating one digital experience that also supplements and enhances face-to-face. -face. So you can see that and then you, by connecting it in with the tools that people use for work, whether that be Teams, it could be Slack, it could be, it could be as simple as email, then people are notified that at this time, it's anticipated that you will need this. And then you can look at the, the dashboard uh, to see how close you're getting to the point of need. And you can do that by number one, are you getting uh, engagement? Because if this is a real problem and you're getting there to influence the way the work is done at the point it's required, you're gonna get high spikes of engagement. Usefulness is a, a key indicator and what's missing? What else do people need in order to perform? But it's all about the work. Like, so this, this yeah. isn't about learning. But yeah. the, the huge misunderstanding of learning in the flow of work is that you've got somebody who's busy doing work, they're given permission, or they've got some downtime to go and learn some something from some content. And take because a break it's going to take knee learning. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so and then you're going to so you're going to you're going to look at this stuff. You know, it's a short burst. And so because it's short, it's going to it's going to be easy to remember. And then you're going to carry on that. I mean, it's I mean, when, so I, when I describe that, it's bananas. I mean, nobody would do that. Um, this is this is all about anticipating what people are trying to do, uh, and then providing them with the tools in order to get them from from that unfamiliar situation to actually performing. And of course, you won't always get this right, but the predictability of this is unbelievable. I always give the example: get recent new starters in the room together and start a stopwatch. Ask them what challenges they had when they first started, and you're you're going to stop the stopwatch when once someone says that happened to me as well. Because they're not they're not getting coming to yeah. terms with the technical aspects of the, the role. They're bumping up against your culture. And this is so predictable that you're able to, to anticipate this and help and guide people to do the right things at the right time so that they can then benefit from the, I suppose, the the uh, the aggregated expertise within your organization. So let me ask you this, right? Because you talked about this workflow management piece, yeah. which I think is a big part of it. It's the workflow mapping. And I think this is often yeah. a step that's missed is we, we make assumptions about, well, this is how work is done or worse. Yeah. We just say, yeah, people take a break and go watch some content and then come back to things. And that's not how it worked. No. Is that part, is that step in the process part of loop? Or is that something that you do outside of loop? And then you map that back into the system? No, you do it. You do it in loop. You're after you've got your white, after you've got your white wall and you've got your post-it notes, you should be looking at a solution. You, the, I mean, the, going back to one of your earlier points about um, uh, about performance and results. When you've got those pe the people in the room, you want to be asking them, if we fix this, will the people coming through the door next? 
be able to do what more efficiently yeah. do what you were trying <clears throat> to do and then it's a case of yes or no if, if it's yes then we run an experiment this will take if you've got a, a wall full of stuff we're talking half a day's worth of work in order to get this out and get it in front of people who need it because you've got you've got nothing to do you've got data until it's right. in being road tested by people who need this but you're running small experiments to move the needle and that's okay. Yeah, but it's all you're in doing loop. all that. Yeah. You're doing that in loop, right? So yeah. you're creating that's the whole campaign manager. Totally. Yeah, because you're, you're mapping this out. You're putting it in there. You're running it and seeing, hey, is this actually helping people get through these little burst campaigns? And if yes. not, you're adjusting your campaign along the way to the point you've got it right. Totally. So it's like, yeah. okay, great. I now everybody's doing it. And you'll always iterate, you know, you'll, I mean, um, there, there, there will always be variables, but you're, right. you're going to get really close with, you know, the work we do with our clients, you get really close. And you asked about integrations and I wanted to explain there first what we'd be doing, but you'll yeah. integrate with an HR system for new managers that recognizes, um, right. So you've just become a manager. You pop into a new campaign at the same okay. time, you've become a budget holder and you work in sales. So, so this is connecting you to different campaigns that guide you, guide and support you to, um, to overcome the challenges and unfamiliar situations you face in each of those roles. So, so, so that's all mapped out. But then as a new manager, if you put in a hiring request, you jump into another campaign about hiring people in the context so of your role. There's some sort of trigger. There's yeah, some sort exactly. of trigger that's triggering the campaigns that's then saying, okay, we recognize totally. the system recognizes this thing's happening. And yeah. now as a result, we're going to fire this thing that we've, we've mapped out with people who actually have done the work instead of from the crystal palace. <laughs> and yep. then, then this is what it's doing. It's running people through that cycle. Now, two questions as a follow-up to that, because I think it's important is one that sounds easy, right? Mm -hmm. In theory, and it just in my years of doing this, sometimes you get into those discussions and it's it's tough because mm -hmm. you, you've been in the company, maybe everybody's, is that something that is part of an implementation? Does Loop help with some of that? Is that part of the implementation is, hey, we've mm -hmm. done this for a lot of companies. Part of the package is we help get you started so that you're mm -hmm. not like, okay, yeah, we're going to do these campaigns. I don't know what a campaign is. Like, I don't know how to manage this. And now you've just created really bad campaigns mm -hmm. that are just frustrating people the same as, as before. Yes, 100%. So we've got three levels of implementation. We've got what we call our Kickstarter approach. Now, we've been doing this years. We've been working with, uh, with clients. And guess what? We've learned. We've learned what the common areas of friction are for okay. any distinct group of people. So we've got these Kickstarters, which are templates, which have a load of content in there, but allow you for tailoring and tweaking. We just, you just enter in the name of your HR system. You put in a screen recording of your um, uh, uh, travel expenses um, okay. uh, systems or, or the uh, information on your dress code or anything that is causing friction that your people uh, say, we've got these Kickstarters. It is literally fill in the gaps and personalize this. So when your people when this this your people first see this for the first time they think this is for me like this okay. is, this isn't generic this isn't a you know off the shelf content this is speaking to me in my role so you got you gain that trust so we've got the kickstarter stuff which you benefit from years of experience of loop and how to do it so we'd always say that as an on-ramp you'll you'll gain belief in this system 
Then you've got the one we just described, which we we call the the, the customer uh, journey map, in which there are going to be bespoke things. Sometimes we're brought in for a particular change uh, within an organization, and it is bespoke. And we would lead that entire conversation to keep it on track, but also to show learning and development people. If something is suggested that isn't about learning capability or skills, it's all right to put this up there because we're going to build a minimum valuable product in which we're going to try to move the needle. So we might only build 12 resources. And even if there are 50 on the wall, because we're going to ask, what is the minimum that we can add in order to move the needle? And then we just add iteratively. We also have a third way, which you know, learning and development people love to create. And there's already some content. And sometimes as much as we encourage people to be user focused, not content focused. Some people just want to put their stuff in loop and see how it goes. And we bring the guardrails right in so they can't <laughs> fail. And we also tell them how they can extract the learning so they can do this better next time. Because sometimes okay. they just want to get going or they've got sign off already for an approach and some content and they've just got to get it going. They do come back because it, it makes perfect sense to be user focused and only address the friction that people experience. And they're primary drivers for wanting to engage in the first place rather than creating perhaps educational content that we might be used to. Do you also help but them some... with the communication right. piece as well? Yeah, we've got an onboarding. Yeah, That's completely. So, fail. <laughs> so the so the, the campaigns uh, that we've got have all got templates within them as well to engage people, and it's all around. Um, tell me why this is important to me. Show me, tell me, or inspire me, and then help me on my way. So it's so it's activating people, recognizing that if we're catching people at the moment of need, they just want to be able to to comp more confident and competently do based on the insights and the, the know-how of the organization. So yeah, we've got all of those templates. Okay. Uh, and and we, that's when we teach people about being user-focused, not being verbose, but being straight to the point, respecting people's time. And when you see a campaign as well, and it's got 20 different touch points, you realize you don't have to overwhelm at the outset. So much of learning and development is yeah. you know the crimes that we uh, that, that we uh, that that we create for ourselves are trying to make use of the resources that we have at available to us. So we've only got two hours with people on their first day. So tell them everything we know. Uh, new managers, nothing yeah. sticks. Yeah, so new managers, you kind of thinking, well, we come with the, all of our courses are full, so let's try to catch them in their first three years. You know, this is all about helping people when they actually need that help. And if you are getting close, you're seriously, it, change, it changes the entire relationship that people have with learning and development. So let me let me do let me do this because I've got a couple things to follow on on that. And the first one is this: is that you know this this concept of campaigns, the workflow management, the automation behind it, is where you start treading into some of the buzz where people start throwing out the word artificial intelligence, mm -hmm. right? Oh, because artificial intelligence is as vague as a machine doing something that a human would normally do, which could mean just about anything. So when somebody yeah. says AI is part of this, you're like, yeah, okay. Right. But what exactly is it doing now? Is that something that loop is looking at in automating some of this stuff? Cause what you described is awesome. That's, I, I think it's fair to say that's no shortage of work that has to be done. Mm -hmm. It's not something that you do overnight. Now, is that something that you're looking at AI or machine learning to help improve? So instead of somebody having to manually do that, it's, it's automating. Uh, so the answer is yes. And there is okay. technology that exists right now that will write the resources for you. 
we we know this. I think that uh, Elon Musk has been, you know, he's one of his companies has been on the vanguard of this, and they're holding it back because for ethical purposes, what's it going to mean if AI can write news articles and stories that that can't be distinguished between what a human will write? So that's being held back. But there is okay. technology right now that will write the resources for you, and we, you know, that's that's something we've got a, a close eye on. As as far as the um, the 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 customer journey mapping, yeah. The, what we found, if we look at customers like Sky, Sky in the in the UK, they they have grown in their sophistication to find out and explore what the real needs are. And over the over the last three years, where they've been doing this, they've ended up spending more time in the discovery phase because they've realised that the more that you understand as people what people are trying to solve, it takes less time then to build. And then you then the automation, it, it kind of looks after itself. Whereas what we used to do in learning and development is looking for your silver bullets, <laughs> quick fix, plug it in and off you go. But, you know, it's counterproductive because whereas you will save a hell of a load of time with the discovery because you're not finding out what the real problems are. Have you spent five years? I spent eight years in an organization wearing the LMS around my neck like a millstone trying to justify the expenditure uh, and trying to drive traffic towards it. That's harder than really working on what what the real requirements are, and this is one of the shifts we need to make. But this is, you know, we're, we're not making stuff up in L and D here. We're following marketing. We're following software development. We're following um, uh, professions that have changed because personalizing and adapting your solutions to meet specific needs of people doesn't just change the end game and what we can expect to achieve with digital approaches. But as far as achieving them and, and getting real results, it's a total game changer. So, so as far as the creation and the discovery element is concerned, we're always looking for smarter ways to make that more efficient. But on the AI side, we don't see that the, the recommendation of content is where we should yeah. be applying our attention. Okay. Imagine, and this is, this is oh. you know, considering that you know, some of our roadmap here, but imagine you've got a dashboard that tells you um, where you are in relation to the business goals that you're seeking to affect. Like, so, so you're plugged in, you understand, you've got your data, you're plugged into your, your business information, and you've, you've see, you can see how your experiments are moving the needle as far as the, the, cap, the business uh, KPIs that they care about are concerned. These and imagine, campaigns are impacting them. Yeah, exactly. And then you're able to see from, and this is where we're developing the AI, is that, that your dashboard tells you what else you can be doing in order to move the needle in the right direction. It flags to you and says, of your campaigns, uh, it seems that the, the longer the campaign goes on, and of course, this is, this is, a speak, this is my, me uh, expanding this for, for, for the listeners' <laughs> understanding, but, but you imagine, go, the, the, the tail end of your campaign is getting very little hits, and uh, this is the point. This is con in conjunction where people's performance is tailing off. You need to address this. So it's actually guiding yeah. you to, to and suggesting ways that you can get better results by looking at some areas, some further areas, yeah. thinking that'd be amazing. It's like a, then your dashboard is like a cockpit in which you drive your, your L&D function based on real business and performance right. insights. Now, that's just to clarify, that's where you're going. That's, that's where we're going. Now. Yeah, that's where you're going. OK, yeah. so in terms of that, go ahead. 
And go just for everyone in the comments section, we're not going to jump into a screen share and go through all of the functionality in this Ooh. episode. But I'm sure if I'm, if you want to reach out to David, I'm sure he'll be able to happy to jump online with you or maybe the team to share that because I know a lot of you are asking, yeah, can we see it? Yeah, can we see it? We want to see it. <laughs> so and, I can I just, answer I just that to, question for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, the, and the thing is with uh, with this is that it's not it's not uh, a, a system where you take a look at it and and you know it's filled with content and you'd say. Oh, so look, that, you know, that, that's going to solve all my problems. We would walk through some of your business problems, some of the things you're looking to affect, and then we'd show you how this actually works in your context. So at the end of a demo, you'd look and say, I can see how this would work, but you can see how you wouldn't be able to do that with, with a, a generic example. Now, some of that, though, right, and, and this, I think, gets into maybe some of the challenges that mm. somebody considering Loop would look at, right? That's a mindset shift. And I think yeah. that's a tough mindset shift for L&D to make is to say, well, I mean, this is how we've been doing it for so long. And from what you've described, that's that's a completely different approach, mm. right? So if you're not there, I mean, do you see that when you work with, with new customers? Does that... <clears throat> And we mentioned this, David James, when we talked last of the Stockholm syndrome. Do you mm -hmm. see that rear its ugly head where people go, I, I kind of get it, but I'm really comfortable over here. And, and you have to kind of pull them forward. Does that, does that, is, is that a sticking point? Yeah, I, I'd say that that generally happens in a second meeting. And this is where okay. we, we've got to be on our metal. Because when somebody says, I'd love to see the platform, we, we actually walk them through. They've got the time. They see it and go, that's amazing. Then they go back and then they give their version to their boss. And their boss is like, I told you to go and get a, an LMS full of e-learning. What is the matter with you? <laughs> so then they invite these guys in and start talking about outcomes and performance and customer journeys and, you know, integrating with the tools they use for work. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, this, you know, rewind. Because when I was doing their job, I just put it in, a, in a, an LMS and, you know, and, and it was job done. And then... Then we have we talk about the opportunity with digital, and I make the distinction between technology-enabled learning and digital. Now, of, of course, shoot me down for, for creating buzzwords, but we need distinctions between what we used to do and what is possible now. And so that, this is how I make the distinction. Technology-enabled learning helped learning and development scale its offering, so it yeah. enabled us yeah. to put our classrooms on computers. Right? And like, that was, and, and then and then finally, you know, with, with webinars, we were able to then get to people live on their computers. So te that's technology enabled learning. Digital, when you look at something like Amazon, Amazon isn't just a great shop. Amazon has fundamentally changed the way you replace stuff in your home or fill gaps from a consumer perspective really yeah. fast and efficiently. So it's next door. You don't go shopping on on uh, Amazon. It's a, it's, it's a completely different reframe. And this is what I think that we've got to take a look at with L&D. It's well, not... I, that's, I, right. What you're saying, I think, is a fair point. And I think mm. that's where what a lot of folks in our industry think of when they think of digital learning, yeah. why it tanks and why people don't believe in it. Because historically, we've taken the classroom, we've tried to stuff it into a digital box and say, ta-da, like digital learning. Mm. And people have said, well, that's awful like that's yeah. nothing like this is this is the worst of everything that we liked you you got rid of all the stuff we liked and gave us nothing in return mm. where this is a complete completely different approach 
That's right. Yeah, it's not. It's not about L and D. This is user centered. Right. So this isn't about how I can get my stuff to you. It is how I can help you do the stuff that you are brought mm-hmm. into the organization to do, and then help you to overcome your challenges uh, and unfamiliar situations more efficiently than you would if you fumbled along or tried to make the connections or brought an expert in every time that you needed to. It just brings up the rails and guides and supports you to to more confident and competent doing. So Again, a it's a massive things- reframe. Yeah, it is. <clears throat> well, and that goes back to the mindset shift piece. Mm. Now, a couple things on this, because the reality is, and this is sometimes where I myself have been, I've seen it with other folks I work with. You look at this and it's like, holy smokes, mm. this is overwhelming. You're asking us to change all the content we've we've done. You're asking us to change the whole process, the whole mindset. Like that is a lot. I don't know if I can I'd go that far. Now, a couple things on that. The classroom for a lot of organizations, it's still there. And that was one thing the LMS did do well was, hey, you need to schedule something. People can enroll. We need to wait list them. We can can do that. Does Loop still have that capability, even though, yes, the goal is to move to this digital? Can it still handle that? Or would this have? Would you have to have another tool that can manage that? No, it does all of that stuff. It uh, it it still uh, takes the administration away. So we've got uh, booking and scheduling for classroom training okay. or meetings. Like we we've got we call it events because I think you love what you're alluding to. Yeah, there, is that it doesn't have to be training. You just bring people together for the right thing at the right time. So you have the uh, events element. We have SCORM as well because we don't want to um, advocate throwing yeah. the baby out with the bathwater. What we are advocating is when it really matters and you really want to help affect performance and capability on the next time it really matters, let's show you how. And okay. so so you can keep everything running. And keep, but you, you can keep doing it. Yeah, but you, you'll get to a stage. Once once you get results this way that, that I'm describing, user-centered resources before courses, um, integrated with the tools they use for work and into the, the, their flow of work, you'll be looking at a lot of stuff and saying, well, how, how do we do that the same way then? And, and that's when you can begin the transition. But it's not about throwing everything away or, or saying that the skills that we've had are now redundant. But we do need to admit in the same way as marketing has had to do in the last 15 years. Yeah, you have to adapt. We need to change. We, yeah, we totally. To, yeah. 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 Okay. Just, just yeah. Interest, well, uh, look. I was just like, just out of interest, David, I, I, I speak to chief learning officers every single day, right? CHROs, and they're inundated with new LMS providers. <laughs> yeah, like, of course. It's like every day there's a new shiny object that comes across their desk to you know, claim to solve all of their problems, right? Mm-hmm. How, how do you differentiate yourself to your competitors and get through all of that noise? In, in the landscape because i'm sure it must be really tough to reach these guys yeah it, it is and so we talk about outcomes not not products and it's a, it's as simple as that so so we make the distinction that that we we work with and for your clients if you if we, we don't want to throw too many buzzwords in but for the benefit here we advocate agile which is you work with and for your clients iteratively in order to solve their problems I, bet, I suppose one of the big things is that, and, and sometimes I, uh, I don't even mention it because it's a given, is that engagement is the least of your worries. Imagine that. You're getting to people when they really need your help, in like integrated in the flow of work so they can actually do this, overcome their challenges while they're facing them. My God, like, who would not engage? So, so first of all, we say to people, engagement's the least of your problems, but you will not get engagement by adding bells and whistles to existing content, assuming that there's nothing wrong with your content. It's just that people don't get it or they think they need to, one of my pet hates, they need to learn how to learn. Um, that, you know, so it's, to, it, 
So let me on that one, because I'm curious and and let me reframe it and see Mm -hmm. if this kind of and you tell me if I'm on the right track. But Mm -hmm. because your LMS and what do you call LMS? Well, whatever, (laughs) you know, the LXP, blah, blah, blah. But it's it has the capabilities. But where your competitive differentiator, where Loop's really investing is this campaign workflow stuff that's like, look, yes, we can do these other things, but instead of where some platforms may be investing in leaderboards and and badging and you know a, a slicker content library, it's more of no, we'll have what we need to get by with that. But where we're really diving deep is let's perfect this this campaign, these workflow streams so that we can get that. Is that a fair assessment? So remember that the campaigns and the workflows are a way of affecting performance and results. Yep. You get nowhere unless you're focusing on the real problems. And that's why we've got the approach that, that um, supports the, the, the platform because you could create great content, really engaging content. Um, I mean, as I said, we've got SCORM in there. So you've, you can create incredible courses, put them all into a workflow and still get no engagement. Okay. So, but, so it is all about understanding what it is that people are trying to achieve so it's all about the performance and the results which again i'm going back and trying to solve the problems that i had in the organizations that i was i was leading learning and development that there was no shortage of content and there's no shortage of platform i mean they're big enough but they you know it's it's about not having tools that meant that you had to do everything face to face okay so with so we talked a little about about the fact that it can still manage classroom stuff because I know mm-hmm. with some of the platforms I, I've had conversations with them and I'm I know people freak out a little bit when they're like mm-hmm. well we we don't have that and now now it becomes an issue so we've yeah. covered that so at least it can meet you where you are there one of the things that when I was doing a little research into the platform that I'm curious about or if you can elaborate a little bit is <clears throat> some platforms have content development capabilities so mm-hmm. yes it's great if you have all this stuff. But as you're trying to move towards this and you're trying to create this more slim, sleek, kind of directed content, is that something that now you still have to consider another tool set for? I know you said if you are using other tools, you can bring that content in, which is great. But does it also have that content creation capability right in the tool or is that a separate tool set? No, you create create, create resources in loop. So that, yeah. that would be your um, – and you can add – text and image, um, uh, screen recordings, video, uh, quizzes. So you can build that in loop and you can publish that immediately. You can put it into a campaign. You can get to people straight away. Those, you know, the re- As long as you've got the expertise, the answers to the questions, and, and most importantly, the actual situation, question or challenge that people face in the first place, then you can get that out in no time at all. We don't have um, e-learning authoring tool within loop. We have the you know you can import that from wherever you're right. building it. Okay, so if you're trying to build some dynamic e-content, something like that, you still would use your standard, right, standard platform yeah. to do that. Exactly. But if it's just hey, we have we need to tell people this information, we need to get people this information. You don't also have to and, and go build it in a separate place. You don't no, have to. No, no, no. We started off as a resource platform, which is uh, rapidly creating. Um, uh, or capturing local know-how, knowledge, and insights so that you could get that to people in service of their jobs. That's where we went. But but when we, because engagement is the least of your worries, people had two platforms. They had Loop and then the, yep. they had the LMS. But then they kept on saying to us, well, you're leaving money on the table, guys, because... <laughs> 
if you could okay. if you could host my scorm we'd get rid of the other lms so you know that's that's the that was the no brainer and then we went uh, on a rapid charge to make sure that that we did compliance better than anyone else and so what we've got right now is that you put your compl uh, your compliance into a campaigns engine and it's um first of all it reminds people when they haven't done it, but as soon as they have done it, it drops off. It runs all your admin, chasing your people towards um, completion of your compliance training. Again, removing one of the worst jobs that you have uh, that, that you have of compliance, which is the chasing people to completion. It, we do that all for you. Yeah, okay. and just for everyone on, on LinkedIn, feel free to ask questions. I'm mm. monitoring the chat. Uh, these guys are going to keep going at it. <laughs> Chris not, is just sitting back like, they're, oh, he's yeah. they're, they're, gonna, they're not going to stop for you guys anyway. And I'm enjoying it as well. I'm, so, I'm like, but if you have any questions, now's the time. So, all right, yeah. just throwing it out there. Because everyone's, so, it, they, sometimes people forget they actually even ask questions. Yeah, I know. So. We're just so engaging that they just forget. <laughs> they're, just, <laughs> so, they're just, just locked in. We're, we're, this is like Netflix binge worthy right here. <laughs> um, so, so on the content though, because this is, I think, something that, I feel like not a lot of organizations are maybe there to do anything with it yet, but I, I see it on the horizon is, you know, engagement with the content. It's clear loop can look at, okay, you know, we can see how people are using that campaigns. And it sounds like where you're going with an AI standpoint is to look at the effectiveness and efficiency to provide meaningful feedback in that. Mm -hmm. At this point, is this content that's built in there? Are you able to see more than just, yeah, they finished the campaign? Because I think that's one of the things that, the way content is designed in many platforms now, right? That's the extent of what we get out of it. It's like, mm -hmm. well, they did it. I have no idea what they did with it. I have no idea anything. And so our solution to that is like, oh, let's throw a quiz at the end. Cause that really tells us something meaningful <laughs> versus, okay, you know, did they get stuck? Did they go through the whole thing? You know, what kind of analytics, I guess, if you will, is there on this beyond just, okay, they finished it. Mm. So, so we've got anything from, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, what device they use, when they did this, how long they were in there. Um, we've got usefulness ratings because we're all about, it's got to be useful. It's got to be addressing a real need. So we've got um, uh, usefulness ratings. We've got, uh, we ask for feedback, how to make it more useful. So we've, we've got, if, if it can be done in the platform, then we measure it. But as far as, um, Oh, yeah. And we, we can show you how far they got into any particular okay. piece of content any, as well. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, that's that's if, if it can be done, then it can be then then it can be uh, seen. Well, and what's interesting about that, I was with one organization and, you know, on that topic, right, mm. we, were, we were able to see some of that. And this is where we started building meaningful insights. And one example that we found was nobody was finishing this thing, right? We had yeah. this campaign and nobody was finishing it. And initially the reaction was, oh, this is a failure. Mm -hmm. And what we found is as we dug into the analytics and started talking to people, we realized that, no, that's just as hard. That's just where their struggle stopped. They yeah. got to that point and they went, I, I don't need help anymore. It, it got yeah. me. To, so we were actually able to cut a ton of content out because we went, well, 99% of people only need help to this point. So why would we make this whole rest of this stuff Nobody cares. They don't need help after that point. So exactly. there are some value yeah. to that. And that's what we talk about with the dashboard. Sorry, Chris. Christopher, how did you go about discovering that? <laughs> by the way, just practically. So, I mean, practically, and we won't get into the tools we were using, but that, that was the analytics. And that's why I'm always curious oh, okay. from a mm. content standpoint, can I see more than just yes, finish, no, didn't finish, yeah. or yes, they passed a test, no, they didn't pass a test. Because we were able to get those analytics out of, 
okay, how long did they spend in it? How far through this did they go before they stopped? And then that allowed our team to kind of do some follow. I mean, it'd be great if you could throw AI at it, which is mm -hmm. like what you said, where it could then tell us, hey, you know, 95% of people, we found it manually, which I think that's where technology is going to change things. Yeah. yeah. So from an infrastructure standpoint, this is something that, you know, I think a lot of organizations may not necessarily anticipate is, you know, what does that look like to support a platform mm -hmm. like this? I think when we think of LMSs, we think, okay, we've got to have admins, we've got, you know, they got to do all this assignment and we've got to have all this stuff. We've got to have content developers doing all of that. Does Loop you know, follow that same structure? Is it simplifying some of that? You know, what type of resources do you anticipate needing on a team to effectively use Loop? Because it sounds like Loop's a tool. You, If you didn't change your mindset, you didn't change the way you were doing things, Loop could still potentially be something that isn't driving the performance that it's intended to do. Yeah, that's right. So, so it, requ it requires... Um, people focused on solving the real problems. And you, you, we live in a digital world. Like if you, we took some people out of classrooms and applied them to solving the real problems as they're being faced, you know, we'd, we'd solve a hell of a lot more. So first of all, there's the paradigm shift. Now, there are organizations such as Sky who have teams, have pulled squads together in order to discover what the real problems are, to build the content within an experiment, and then run, run close by the client to make sure that what they end up scaling actually works. So there are a significant number of people supporting 30,000. But we run customer collaboration calls, and we ran one in the last couple of months for our retail customers. And one of the, the new customers said that they're worried because they don't have a lot of resource. And then one of our more established customers said, I do this on my own. <laughs> I do all of this. I am the only person in learning and development. But once, once I mean, but and I think the retailer in a unique position because the learning development team, a lot of the time, know the real problems, don't they? They are, they are, they are laser focused on solving real problems that, that uh, manifest as people leaving or not performing, stores, for, for example, not performing. So they know what to address. And this was one example where they built resources that they could get to people in, like, on the campaign when it was actually required and guiding people du like during that. Uh, their transitions and perhaps where they were the biggest risk to the company, both staying and messing things up or uh, or leaving um, uh, after uh, not too long. So you can do this one of two ways. It doesn't take a huge amount of administration. And the thing is as well is what's different from addressing real problems and friction that people experience as, a, as opposed to programs is remember when we build programs, a lot of it is on assumptions and we're filling days, right? Yes. So we're creating programs that are Massive heavy. Yeah, and require scheduling and then delivery. So they're really long and heavy. We're talking about laser focused on specific problems that if you're creating minimum valuable products of, say, 12 resources that could be glued together and then um, uh, nudge people and integrated with their tools to, to guide and support them over a particular journey, they're really focused, they're really light, and it takes a fraction of the time. And it, creating resources in a campaign takes even a, a, a real fraction of time it takes to create e-learning as well. It's a, okay. it's a real massive paradigm shift for us. Okay. 
Okay. So you, you're just to clarify, you're not going on record telling everyone that they only need one person to run. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but I'm saying that, that our preconceptions I'm kidding, are one- David, I'm <laughs> <laughs> we, we actually rent this one person out to, uh, yeah, to we just rent them everybody. out. There's just one for the whole thing. That's all we, have, we have customer success managers who will run projects like for customers to shadow them so they can see it. A lot of this stuff is breaking down the fear of, well, I've never done this before. And this is so exciting to actually go from nothing to get a subject matter expert in, to do a screen recording. They're doing the um, the voiceover. You finish it off and then you go, we never have to run that training again. It's like, that's amazing. We've got one client who um, they, they, they hire general managers in. And one of the major points of friction is that these general managers are expected to use this system. And like a lot of systems like the LMS we've been describing, they're cumbersome and they're difficult to use. But there's, the training's only done every three months because it's run by subject matter experts. So you imagine being a, an unlucky general manager who comes like the day, like joins the day after the last training was done. All they did was screen recordings, wrap this up into um, uh, uh, resources, put it on a campaign. And when anybody then becomes a general manager in the HR system, it's the first thing they get. And I know this yeah. sounds ridiculous, but it's solving a real problem. Whereas, you know, the, the old way of delivering the training, which would be seen the high value experience, was actually creating problems. So yeah. it's just one way that, that a short intervention lightweight intervention can make such a massive difference to the end user. Now, from a lightweight standpoint, is this, mm. do you have people that right open up and this is, this can be a touchy subject for L and D people because they mm. can freak out a little bit is letting subject matter experts actually build some of these campaigns where instead of saying, Oh no, we're the gatekeeper. We're the only people who know how to do this stuff. So mm. everything has to funnel through us. Do you have clients that say, Hey, you know what? right? We've got this platform. It's slick. We're going to actually empower some folks to run this themselves. So instead of us having to be the bottleneck for everything, do do you have people doing that? They do, but they don't do it for long. uh, Because um, I mean, if you take, I mean, user generated content is a hot topic at the moment, but you've only got to take a look at page two of your YouTube (laughs) search to realize that it takes a specific skill to be able to do so. So, so what we don't have, I mean, we, the, our platform enables that and we don't want to say to people not because, us, because tech teams especially, they're pretty savvy at this stuff. They, they're pretty good at sharing and bottling up what they know in the context of what others, how others will use it. But elsewhere, we're not so good. What we want to do is we want to tell people what we know. And a lot of the time, that's not what's needed. So the critical point always comes back to what is it the problem? What's the problem that we're trying to solve? What's the friction that the end user um, is experiencing? Then the smart way that we, that, that we say, we say smart, it's more efficient, is get a subject matter expert to answer that question, to, to address that particular situation with their, in, um, uh, their insights and their experience. Then learning and development can just add that last eye of quality assurance to make sure that what goes out is the most efficient way of addressing this. What they might pull out or split into half are more than than, than what's required. But what we've got to remember that end users trying to work. They're trying to get something done they, they, or they need insight that's going to open up a door for them to be able to do something to improve their prospects or just get the job done. And that's what we're trying to provide. Well, and I, and I, in my experience, I've seen, right, this user-generated content thing's a, a can of worms when you dig into it, because I think sometimes the mindset is, yeah, we'll just let the subject matter experts do it, and 
it, it a lot of times doesn't go well. Mm. Or again, you're now asking them to do something in addition to their job. And they are just like, I just want to do my job. Like That's I don't want to be, I don't want to be building content for you know this platform. Now, granted, it can work, but that's that's helpful to see. Some people have kind of gone down that path mm. and said it it doesn't eliminate L and D's role. It just shifts it because yeah, now what the work you're doing is is over here instead of over here. You're no less relevant. It's just the work you're doing, if anything, is more relevant to it. Yeah. So one one final question, and then kind of wrap up here. I think Bass asked a really good question. And that was, you know, this, this whole showing business value. And this is something that I think is an important thing is historically, I think sometimes we've tried to show business value through completions of stuff, mm. right? Hey, look how many campaigns we did. Look how many other things where the business metrics aren't held in, in an LMS typically. Yeah. And so I'm curious, you know, how does loop as you, as you look at an implementation like that, how do you work with those business metrics so that the story they're telling of, Hey, okay, these campaigns have happened, but so what, what was mm -hmm. that connection? Is that something in loop or is that something that you work with clients on how to build that story? So this is what, what clients are, are already doing. And, and this is, and, okay. and this goes back to the very heart of why we get good engagement. You solve a real problem. You need if to, to understand what a problem is, your best bets, the data. So at the moment we, we advocate, go make friends with, those who who have access to the data but we help with what you're looking for and, and let me give you an example so if we're going to start with um again we do we do induction uh, if we look at the real problem that we're looking to solve um what we always ask is what would happen if you did nothing what if you support you didn't support people at all then they you know you get to the uh, the real issue you go well people wouldn't be ready right so we go what's the readiness metric people would leave People wouldn't be engaged. People would stay and they wouldn't perform. All of these valuable insights that you can gain. Now, at the moment, you know, we, we say that that, um, that that will be your benchmark, but this is what we're building that dashboard in loop, that the roadmap we said, where you've got your custom uh, business metrics on, a, on an initiative page that said, this is your ground zero. You might even want to put your, your previous six months data in. And then what we do is when we run experiments, because it's all about people doing the right things at the right time, we're going to see what effects we have on that data. Yeah. So that's that's how we connect. We but but it all starts with, and this is you know we going right back to the beginning, one of your first questions about why I got involved with Loop. We had a resource platform that when you took a look, you thought I'd use that, but we tripped over with. Well, why wouldn't other people? And it all comes back down to no one will use it if it's not useful in the context of what it is that I am trying to do. And the data and the business metric element is just making sure that you are staying aligned to what it is that people need. And you're not just creating content based on gut feeling or minimal observation okay. or, or stakeholder waiting. So it's just to keep us on track. Okay. One, I thought of one more thing that I had on my list and then we didn't get How to much it, is it? It's, <laughs> no, it's, it shouldn't be too big. It shouldn't be too big. So, so this is one. And, and actually, I'm just curious your perspective on this, right? When people, because the reality is a lot of companies have a platform today, right? And so if they're, if they're looking at making the switch, there's this big elephant in the room of, oh my word, we have to move all the stuff from that to that and that mm. feels like just mm. overwhelming so one you know do 
does loop have the ability to do some migration work? But I guess the bigger question is with this big fundamental shift, do you find people end up migrating everything or do they say, you know what, this is, this is a completely different approach. Maybe now's the time to rethink it. Cause what I've seen over the years is a lot of times people make these shifts and they just move the trash from, mm -hmm. from this landfill to this landfill. And, and then they're like, well, it's, we're getting more of the same. So you've just called it trash and you're asking me to answer that question. I think you just no, answered it. it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you have answered it. You have yeah. answered the question. No one was going to this stuff. I mean, don't, I, I, going back, like I'd say you, we, we're not throwing the baby out with the bathwater. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So, so what we advocate massively is run an experiment. Run an experiment to see how this works. So you're talking about uh, pricing, Chris. What we say to people is, and which I think is a real point of differentiation with Loop, is right, we will give you Loop. For, for a cost, it might just be $1,000 to run an experiment. We will run alongside you to show you, well, to expand what your expectations of technology. You'll see this in action. Then we don't have to say to you, hey, come and put your trash in our, you know, in our platform, <laughs> right? They, they look and say, do we need all of that stuff? For which we will okay. ask, well, uh, you know, we'll ask the question back. I don't know. Do you, I mean, but if you're asking me that question, you've got some serious questions to be asking yourself. Now, we don't believe that Loop is the answer in the same way as one website is the answer on, on, on uh, the whole of the internet. But what we do advocate is that if you are choosing the right tools for, to address the right problems, because you might not want to just create content, bespoke content that's contextually relevant for all, all of your areas. You might want to get plural site in. You might want to get uh, another uh, trusted content developer. You might go to Harvard um, Managed Mentor and plug it in. But what we'd say is don't just launch some stuff onto, onto your audience and expect them to okay. go. Engage, engage with them, find out what they're really trying to do and what's stopping them, and then give them access to the tools that you think will help to move the needle. So you haven't got, you know, five years down the line, you bought Loop, you filled it full of trash, and now you're thinking, ah, now it's unmanageable. We probably need to clear out or we need to move on. It's about the right tools for the right thing. So, you know, I think <laughs> just building on what you said there, if it's not working, there's going to be there's going to be good reason it's not working. And I yeah. think a lot of it is that we've become product launchers rather than product managers. And I think we need to take full responsibility for understanding what it is we're trying to achieve and use smart tools to achieve that. Let's stop buying platforms yeah. and content and looking for problems to solve with them. Perfect. Yeah. Well, thanks, thanks, David, for the time. You know, for those of you watching, hey, this has been really good. And I, we joked about this in the beginning. We're like, the three of us could probably just keep going. And <laughs> I'm then so happy Chris's to take a back seat. I'm so happy just to sit here and on the, <laughs> the first time and, and not have to be, you know, just. I'm like, this is great. We can do this all the time. <laughs> I'll see you guys next week. <laughs> yeah, right. Sounds good. good. Hopefully, you guys are. Enjoy where, where can people um, learn more, uh, David? What's the best way for them to get in contact with you if they have any questions or want to reach out? So the, the website is loop.co. So it's loop with three O's.co. It's got information on, on the approach, on the platform and the pricing uh, as well. But if they want to contact with me, I'm on Twitter at David in learning. And I'm, if you want to find me on LinkedIn, I'm always commenting on Christopher's posts. So you'll find me via <laughs> <laughs> that. Oh, one of us. It works. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> well, thanks again. Thanks. Thanks for being our, being our guinea pig, right? This was the, the first launch. This was awesome. Um, really enjoyed it. Hopefully everybody watching got some extremely valuable stuff out of it. And uh, we'll be back. We'll be back next week. 
Fantastic. And if everyone listening in the uh, comment section, there'll be a link so you to subscribe to the podcast. So make sure you subscribe there so you never miss out. Um, now, you, when you're riding your bike to work or on a train, you've got us to listen to. I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but uh, <laughs> but it's there, guys. And also, um, um, David, uh, your your own podcast. Where can we where can we subscribe to your podcast as well? Yeah. So so the Learning and Development podcast. You'll find it wherever you get your podcast, whether that be iTunes, Google, Spotify, Stitcher. We're I think we're on all the main ones. Fantastic. Well, uh, thanks again for everyone for listening and thanks for Christopher and Dave for taking over our LinkedIn Live today. It's a really pleasure. <laughs> and no uh, who do we have next week? Can we do a plug? Next, we Yeah, we can do a plug. So next week, <laughs> next week we've got Nick Howe from Area 9. We're going to be talking about uh, adaptive learning and what that looks like and how Area 9 Lyceum is, is approaching that. So I'm excited for that one. Amazing. Well, apart from that, we'll let you all go and we we'll look forward to seeing you all in, in two weeks, right? Yes. Uh, no, yeah. next week. Next, next Thursday. Week. Oh, next, next Thursday. week. See? Next week. We're back again, guys. All right. We're back Thanks. again. Yeah. Fantastic. We'll see you later, everyone. Have a good evening. Thanks a lot.